and welcome to the latest edition of our Scottish Premiership Season Preview Podcast on Energy Sport. Today we're staying in our home city as we take a look at Hibs as they aim to kick on in Jack Rossi's first full season in Leith. My name is Sean McGill and I'm delighted to be joined by Gavin Wilson from the Hibstock Podcast to discuss all the latest from Easter Road ahead of Saturday's kickoff. Gav, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you getting on? Very well, thank you. I guess the best place to start is if you um, tell people about the Hipstop podcast. When did you start it? Um, how long has it been going? How, um, what are you guys all about over there? Um, so I guess it was like, say, um, I'd, I'd briefly done other podcasts in the past. Uh, there was sort of about, like, I did the one that was sort of about comic books and movies and all that sort of stuff, just a very generic one. Um, and it was sort of looking about and seeing that, you know, other clubs had podcasts. There's a couple of good Celtic ones. Motherwell have got a cracking podcast. And I just sort of felt, you know, a club like Hibs should have a podcast as well. So um, looked about, there's nothing like that out there. So started looking about and seeing what other people were doing well, what maybe we'd do differently and stuff. And yeah, um, originally I had an idea for like, there was sort of some, maybe there was a guy that was on Hybe's Bounce, there was somebody else that was doing something else. I kind of had a thought of like getting those guys involved and be like, oh, this week I'm joined by such and such from a forum and that. And I reached out to people and I'll be honest, nobody got back to me. Um, so my two mates, Dave and Stephen, who I'll go to the games where we're like, you know what, you, you can tell you want to do this. We'll help you get it started. And 120 odd episodes <laughs> later, they're still here. Uh, so they're still kicking around. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's just like saying we've been going for about, I don't know, three years now. Aye, it's crazy, over three years now. And uh, yeah, um, just sort of. We just sort of funnily enough talk about Hibs uh, every week um, and just sort of like say look ahead to the next game, back at the last game, discuss you know um, transfers and all that sort of stuff as well. So yeah, yeah, we'll start by looking back at last season. Um, it was a, mm-hmm. a pretty rocky start, I think that's fair to say for Hibs. Uh, Paul Heckingbottom obviously lost his job. Where do you feel like it went wrong for him because it was a a really positive start to his tenure at Easter Road and then it just sort of. Uh, took a turn for the worse. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. Um, I, I was a bit, um, from, from a personal point of view, Hibs kind of allowed me to start going along with press conferences uh, to, as a sort of to have sort of, sort of a bit more Hibs content and questions being asked. So I got to meet Paul a couple of times. A lovely guy. Um, I'm working together thing that something the Hibs do, and he came across really well. Um, and like you say, he started so well. You know, ten games unbeaten. Um, the football wasn't great, but we were thinking, you know what, he's, he's just in the door, he's getting the results, maybe once he gets his own signings in, we'll see an improvement in the football. And the, ne- the next season started and the, the improvement never sort of came. There was worrying signs in the League Cup, and you think, oh, maybe it's just sort of pre-season jitters, and then just never got started in the, the league. The performances weren't there, the signing, the new signings didn't fit in, um, everything sort of just went wrong. And I think, I remember the game Martin Boyle scored um, sort of a last-minute equaliser against Livingston. And I think uh, that kept him in a job. And then, of course, we played Celtic at, uh, in the semi-final of the, the Cup and got absolutely scalped at Hamden 5-2. Um, and that was the nail in the coffin. But, yeah, I think I think there was a couple of things. I think he had a view, like I say, obviously a lot of people sort of focused on getting rid of Marvin Bartley and Mark Milligan and never replacing them. I think he felt in Scottish football he could play a defensive midfielder, have a, have a playmaker there. You know, I always sort of think about Perlow in... Italy and stuff, he felt he could do that here and play either Malin there or Josh Fela there. But in Scottish football, you're always going to need that enforcer, that ball winner, that hopefully Gogic, which um, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, I think you're always going to need that that sort of player there. Um, and yeah, just uh, I think that mistake was never sort of really fully learned from and sort of cost him in the end. 
And then obviously there's the excitement of a new manager coming in. How did you feel when it was Jack Cross? Because it seemed to be that he was very clearly identified as Hibs' number one target and he got their man. Yeah, um, especially like say when there was talk that Hearts were also interested in, in him, so to get him was, was all the better. Um, I think there was a lot of excitement around him about when he was at St Myrne. Um, I also remember being heavily linked with the Aberdeen job at the time. Um, and then, yeah, obviously t- took the gamble with Sunderland. Um, I'm never going to judge a, ma- a manager and what they've done at their time at Sunderland. I think, you know, I don't know if you've seen the, the documentaries and stuff, but yeah, that's crazy. one hell of a, one of a, one of a poison chalice. But, um, uh, it was it was it was like say so quite excited quite excited um it comes across really well um so you know you know so yeah and I think there was a couple of good signs that he wasn't willing to drop some big name players he wasn't um he was willing to sort of try different formations throughout games and stuff so yeah so there was some good so there's been some good signs there so far from Jack Ross. You said that he's um he changed the formation he changed the system stuff like that um how do you feel about that that it sort of seems like very flexible very fluent. Um, it's no, it's not very sort of rigid. Uh, there's like back three, back four. Do you think that sort of stands Hibs in a good stead, or do you think it'd be better to have that sort of clear tactical identity? No, I think if, if clubs are kind of struggling to know what's sort of coming, uh, and if we're able to change uh, in a match at willy nilly, I think it does uh, benefit us, and so sort it of makes us more difficult to play against. Um, uh, like I say, I think having Paul McGinn, who can play it right back and also right centre back in that back three, he can then step across. Martin Boyle in the, as a wing back who can then join the attack and stay there or can play as that, that um, wing back and help get the ball forward. Um, it gives us that sort of flexibility. I, I know at times we've played Newell in the, the left wing back and he can step into midfield as well. So I think if, if you are able to change, if you've got you know a bit of fluidity and you're able to change formation um, quite easily, it kind of makes you a lot more difficult to play against and a bit less uh, predictable. Yeah, and uh, the sort of most exciting day for of the the summer I imagine for Hibs fans was that Friday where um, all three of the summer signings so far were announced in the one day. Um, we'll start mm-hmm. with Dre Wright. I think it was apparent to most Hibs fans and people outside as well that some sort of wide reinforcements were needed to consider, and it was only really sort of Martin Boyle and Daryl Horgan who were out there. How do you feel about his signing? Yeah, uh, a bit on the fence. Uh, I'm not going to get too carried away. I mean, I'm going to give the guy a chance, don't get me wrong. But I think, you know, you look at his stats, it was something like uh, three assists in two seasons or something and one goal or, or something like that. We, it, it wasn't sort of brilliant reading. I know he had an injury problem. Um, like I said, I, I sort of ruled him out for the start of last season. Um, so hopefully he's over that and we can sort of see the best of him. Um, I think he's, uh, from sort of what I've heard from St Johnston fans, a very exciting player, a uh, tricky winger and things like that that we could. And and uh, from sort of from his press conference, I think he's quite versatile. He can play wing back. He can play. He said he's even played up top as well. So that's kind of good to have that a bit. Of, um, you know, being quite versatile. But um, yeah, I think there's a bit of excitement there. But I'd say I'm a bit of hesitation to see what he can deliver. Um, and. Yeah, like I said, like I mentioned there about, you know, what the only sort of options are Boyle, who's going into the last year of his contract, still a bit of an unknown whether he'll be around, and Horgan, who can look like a world beater at times and then can look like, you know, Alan O'Brien at times. He's absolutely just he's so inconsistent. Um, that final ball he really struggles with. Um, and I, th- I think a lot of it's sort of quite a mental thing. I think he sort of beats himself up if he makes mistakes and stuff. So I think there's a good player there, so uh, hopefully you say um, Jack Ross can get the best at Horgan as well and give us a lot of options out wide. You mentioned maybe not being too sure of 
uh, Jay Wright's stats, but a man's stats you definitely can't argue with is Kevin Nisbet over the past couple of years. Um, I think maybe Stryker wasn't seen as a priority for Hibs, but when you think about the fact that Mark McNulty's gone back to Reading after his loan spell and Florian Cambery's mm. career very much looks dead in the water, that it was actually important for them to bring another centre-forward in, and uh, you can't really argue, argue with those numbers, can you? Yeah, I think, you know, like you say, um, McNulty, not, there's not been a lot of talk about him potentially coming back. His second spell wasn't as good as his first. Um, I think it was like four goals and three of them came against BESC Glasgow. So, you know, um, there was a bit of a, you know, and if I'm honest, I don't know, I've, I've obviously not seen much in this bit, but in terms of McNulty and Doidge, I was always kind of worried that they were a bit similar. They're both like, well, obviously different in physique and stuff, but they both, they prefer to be in the box scoring the, the um, you know, t- scoring the tap-ins. Whereas I think, Nisbet's a bit more of an all-round striker from what I've heard. Um, and like say, Flo, who I've seen on Instagram today, he seems to be in Switzerland, so I think that's him away now one way or another, obviously waiting for uh, here where he goes. But yeah, I think with him going, McNulty going, yeah, there's a young laddie going. Um, Boyle's an option up top as well, but we definitely needed reinforcements. And I think Nisbet has, is really exciting at saying, and the one I'm most excited about, I think there's a real excitement about Potential, a potential partnership between uh, Nisbet and uh, Doidge. It's been a, a long time since we've had a partnership that's sort of been there a while and we've kind of got excited about. Um, I remember Owen Doyle and Griffiths had a good season together, but I mean, and even then it was okay. Um, but then you go back further, you had, you know, you're going back years for uh, Fletcher and Benji or Barden and O'Connor. So, yeah, hopefully this is a, a start of a really exciting partnership. Doidge, who's, you know, still got plenty of time left in his contract. Nisbet, who signed a four-year contract and he's got a lot, a lot of improvement to do. So, yeah, hopefully a really exciting uh, partnership between the two of them. Yeah, you say you're excited about the partnership, but I, I guess if you asked Hibs fans at the start of last season if they were excited about any partnership with Christian Dodge, they probably wouldn't have said yes, considering his performances in those early um, games of the season. I think that game at, at Pitodre, where it's just the whole sports scene highlights seemed to be Dodge kicking the ball straight into Joe Lewis's hands. So, um, talk to me about his development over the season. How much did he impress you as he kicked on? Because he ended up um, really up there in the scoring charts in the Premiership. Yeah, I think there was a bit of um, sort of, you know, I don't know whether if it was a price tag or getting used to Scottish football or what, but I think he had one sort of goal in the League Cup and then he sort of went ages without scoring. Um, but I think the fact that, he, I mean, yeah, there was two hat-tricks in there, but I think the fact that he hit, he hit 18 goals and it took him a long time to get started, started and the season finished in March, I think that, you know, I think you think, well, 18 goals, that's a good return. But actually when he took so long to start and, you know, it was such a the shorter season, then, um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a, an opportunity for him to sort of kick on even earlier. Although he's like, I know I've seen a report today that he is um, just coming back from injury, should be involved on Saturday, but they've not been using him in pre-season games because it was a, a knock that he had. So, um, but like I say, once he's fully back up and running, uh, I think he'll kick on where he left off. And uh, I think there's an opportunity for even more goals than 18 this season, which is really exciting. And you also mentioned um, Jamie Gullen there. Do you think there's any chance that he could really push the, the front two and sort of uh, try and get his way in the starting level more often this season? Yeah, I think he's going to have to accept, you know, um, substitute appearances to begin with. Um, depending on the formation, I know he can play out in the left wing as well. So maybe some games out there in the left wing, although... I've seen us do that with Ollie Shaw, and that didn't benefit him. So I'd like to see him, you know, used as a striker um, and get that sort of opportunity. There was a lot of times where you know Shaw was left on the bench or not involved at all, and I think you know they need 
young players like that need minutes. So hopefully there's an opportunity for him to, I hope, like I say, I'd be a bit, as much as McNulty's a good player, for example, if we were to bring McNulty back to be a third-choice striker, I'd be a bit disappointed. I'd rather have Gullin, like a young lad like Gullin, pushing the strikers rather than bringing somebody else in. Um, I, I, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure on him to kind of um, take his moments, which might be sort of limited from the bench and stuff. But if he can do that, then, then great. And like I say, um, if he can put pressure on Deutsch and, uh, and this bit and potentially keep them out the team, then even better. And as you previously said, maybe part of Paul Heckingbottom's downfall was the lack of that sort of really solid ball-winning defensive midfielder. And Jack Cross has tried to sort of uh, remedy that by signing Alex Gogic. Just how excited are you by that signing? Because it, a lot of Hibs fans are sort of seeing it as this uh, really filling a void that they've, they've lacked over the past few years. Yeah, I think we we can uh, like we conceded like the the third uh, most amount of goals or something in the league, um, but it was the, sort of the scoring goals which kind of saved us. But so there is there is the worry that that is this one signing going to completely fix our defensive issues? Um, probably not. There's, but even then, like I say, I think um, it was something we desperately missed. And the fact that he can play in the back or can play in the midfield or can play in front of that defence um, again, that versatility is great. But like you say, that 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 sort of enforcer is really something we've missed. Um, I don't. I'm not looking at a player that oh he's only came from Hamilton, so how could can he be? You know, this is a guy that was really really highly rated at Swansea. Um, so I never made the grade there, but um, has went to Hamilton, got his head down, done really well. Uh, I think he had the most interceptions in the league or something last season. I'm sure I was reading. So you know, impressive stats there. Um, I th- I'm really believe that he can make the the step up to Hibs from Hamilton, no disrespect to Hamilton, and um, really be a, a mainstay in the team and sort of <coughs> allow our, the rest of our midfield to um, be more creative um, and sort of, you know, um, give us a, a, lot, a much more balanced midfield. Yeah, there might be um, some pressure on him to prove himself in a sort of technical aspect because he wouldn't have had much of the ball at Hamilton. Hamilton had the least possession in the league last year and Hibs, I think, yeah. is- particularly Easter Road, really dominate the ball. I think it was the third most out of the Premiership teams. So um, he'll need to prove himself in a, in a technical aspect. But it's also a big season, I think you'd say, for Melko Halberg as well, because he was quite inconsistent. And um, Ross will be keen for him to form a good partnership with Gogic. Yeah, I felt a bit sorry for Halberg, if I'm honest. I think, um, you know, he... We sort of said about Bartley leaving and Milligan leaving. And there was sort of the, the thing of like, well, well... Halberg can play there then and he sort of took it on board and was trying playing in that new position and then we changed to the that, that it wasn't working at the end of the day um, and we changed to the, the back five instead um, so we didn't need that position and he kind of got put out of the team um, so guys you know the guys came in he was he was quite open honest about it. he'd never played that position before he was using training to learn a lot more about it to learn about sort of improving his, his tackling and things like that so the guy sort of showed the commitment and then when we've changed formation, there's an opportunity for him to play in a midfield in his more natural position. Um, it's like a box-to-box midfielder or as a deep-line playmaker. Then he was on the bench because, you know, um, we had Omionga, Halberg, um, no, sorry, Omionga, Doherty, uh, Malins and stuff for Malins' injury that were all sort of ahead of him. And then obviously Allen in the, in the number 10 position. So I think there's, yeah, um, potentially an opportunity um, for him to get back to his original position and hopefully sort of show um, some of the stuff, like say, that the hype that we kind of had about him and, and show that his real strengths. Because um, I think he's got a really good attitude from from what we've, what we've read and stuff like that and what we've seen. So hopefully in his more natural position, um, we can see him kick on. 
And as I was saying that Friday, that one day of three transfers was really exciting for Hibs fans, but also brought about a lot of attention in the media um, and a lot of criticism because of Hibs um, making staff redundant, but then um, signing sort of money players on big money. How conflicting is that as a Hibs supporter to sort of uh, have to juggle these two aspects of of being a supporter? I think I think the media has been a bit tough. Um, I think you know you know there's been clubs are making cuts across the board. You know Rangers are making cuts, but then they've went and spent what was it five million or two point five million on Hadji and stuff, and there's no yeah. been the same media coverage. So that's a bit frustrating to see. Um, yeah. Hearts are kind of letting all these people go, and they're wasting <laughs> wasting all this money on uh, legal fees that they shouldn't be paying. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, but with with um, Hibs, I mean, at the end of the day, Hibs are a football club. Um, and signing a player that like Nisbet that I believe will score goals for us, we've got him on a four-year deal. He'll, I, I'm very confident he'll get a Scotland call up in that time. And then I don't believe that he'll still be there in four years. I believe we'll sell him on in two or three and um, make a, a big profit on him. So therefore, we're, it's, it's a good business sense to, to sign him, but we're also improving the football team, and that's what we are. Um, yes, there's there has been talk of sort of potential redundancies or sort of potentially mothballing sort of departments, but at the end of the day, if we're not having, you know, for I think the example that Ron Gordon used was hospitality about, you know, if we're not running hospitality for game days and also for non-game days, then we can't sort of justify paying for everybody for that sort of runs in the hospitality department and stuff. So at the end of the day, with stuff like that, we are a business and this is something that's going to go across the board. But we can't sort of um, put the football, uh, the, the team at jeopardy and not sign somebody that's going to make us more money in the long term. Um, because we sort of want to keep somebody um, on that's maybe not doing something in someone else. So tough decisions, yes, but I think this is happening all across football, not across um, the world in terms of, and I think it's been, the media's been a bit unfair sort of scrutinising Hibs for signing one player on a bit of money. And there's also been a fair amount of departures this season um, out of Easter Road in terms of the playing staff. Is there, is there anyone in particular who you think is going to be a really big mess? Is there any voids that need filling, do you feel? Um, wonder how. Uh, if I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I think Flo Camberry is going to be maybe not so much a miss because we'll say Nisbet, but I think he'll go on and he'll kick on um, at his next club. Um, I think Hibs fans were a bit harsh on him. Um, Jack Ross decided he didn't need him, and then fair enough. Like, I mean, I wouldn't have went to Rangers, and definitely wouldn't have said those things. Um, but that's where he went, and he, I think he was probably trying to get himself a permanent move there, saying those things. Um, so he obviously he's fallen in favour of Hibs fans. I think though he's a talented player. That you know uh, that like say that that game where Deutsch kind of got his hat trick and turned his form around. Camberry was the man of the match, even though Deutsch got a hat trick. Camberry got a hat trick assist. He was brilliant in that game. So I think you know we we may miss that. Although like say we obviously we didn't have him in the last sort of six months. Um, and potentially Doherty. Doherty really was good at getting the ball and getting it forward. Um, so he sort of really had that good drive from midfield. Yeah, we've got a couple of playmakers and stuff like that and a couple of young laddies that can come in and sort of offer competition in the midfield. Potentially Halberg can kind of kick back on, but Doherty really did sort of offer us a lot as well as goals from midfield as well. Um, so I think he'll be, he'll be a big miss as well. Have you heard any um, rumours of him coming back or is it because the Canberra to Rangers seems off that that deal also seems off? Um, I did hear rumours that Rangers are looking to offload on potential on another loan. So you'd have to imagine if that was the case, Hibs were interested. Because I think there was a 
it was a Rangers B team that was playing Motherwell or something uh, last week, and he was involved in that when the other team, the full, the first team were playing. So it, it seems like he's not near the first team. So I'd imagine he will go out either permanently on, or on loan this season. But whether it's to us or whether it's back down south, which I know because I know he had a, a loan season loan long loan at uh, Shrewsbury before, and he did. He's, he's been open and honest about the fact he enjoyed playing in England. So. Whether he heads back to England or not, I don't know. Or whether he, he sticks around at Hibs, we'll have to wait and see. Um, it'd be great to have him back, but if not, like I say, hopefully, like I say, the the likes of Halberg can kind of kick on and, and prove we don't we don't really miss him as much as we think we might. And you were saying about um, Hibs' defensive record being a bit concerning last season, and um, there hasn't really been any sort of out and out defensive additions. Obviously, Gogic can do that, but I think he's seen more as playing sort of number six in midfield. Do you think that's an area that Hibs really need to address over um, the summer? Because you look at the sort of age of a lot of their defenders, Hanlon, Gray, Stevenson, and you'd think that if Hibs want to really push up the top of the table this year, that that's not the ideal sort of um, profile player you'd want to have in your defence. It'll be interesting, like I said, I know um, obviously Louis, Louis Stevenson, uh, he's 32 now or something, um, but last season... He never had a full pre-season because of injuries. He rushed back into the team. Um, so potentially, um, Lewis Stevenson, with another full pre-season, um, could, be, could do a, a job this year at, at left-back and give us another year to sort of find a replacement for him. However, uh, you know, uh, the young laddie Doig's been playing there um, in the pre-season games. I watched the Celtic game yesterday. Um, don't tell my work. I had it working from home. I had it on my iPad <laughs> whilst I was working. Don't tell work. Uh, but yeah, hopefully no one's listening. Um, but yeah, so I was watching that game yesterday and, and he had a really solid game at left back um, against, you know, Dembele, who's a really exciting uh, winger. And he had to then move into the middle in order to kind of have a bit more of, a, of an impact on the game. Um, so there's potentially him at left back and then Fortress, who's obviously had his injuries, um, I think um, a year older. I think Fortress is good enough. It's just whether Hanlon or Jackson beside him, uh, if we are to go back forth, is, is a strong enough partner. Um, and then right back, you know, Paul again, you know, give him a chance and see how he does. But I would be hopeful it would maybe sign another right back. I mean, David Grace, you know, getting older now, he's what, 32 as well or something, 31, 32. Um, had his injury problems in the past, so can we really sort of rely on him for a full season? So I guess, like say, if you start to think, you know, maybe um, McGinn, Porteous, Hanlon, and then Doig, it's, it's, it's a bit of a younger back four. Hanlon's, what, 30, 31, the oldest one there. It, um, is it good enough? I don't know. It's a bit untested. So we'll have to wait and see. Ideally, I would like to see us strengthen in there and bring people in, but I'm willing to give Doig a chance at left-back um, and I guess McGinn a, a chance at right-back. I'd like to talk more about Ryan Porteous. A lot was made in the media over the last week or so about him taking the number five jersey after previously mm-hmm. refusing it because he felt like he wasn't ready to, to play with the number five yet. Do you think that's a sign that he's really... Um, looking to step up this season, perhaps maybe improve the disciplinary record that's the sort of uh, black ink on his uh, his record. Yeah, I mean, like I say, the, the two red cards now, um, and both of them were bad challenges. Obviously, the one against Kamar, both coming last season, one against Kamarnik, and then uh, the one against Rangers was, was not a pretty one. Um, I was at both those yeah, games, like and they weren't great. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, he's, he's, he's a, um, I think this is an opportunity for him to kick on um, and really improve um, and try to prove that he is that, that main man in defence. Like I say, I think there's been... Um, the best spell he had was when he was playing beside Effie. 
um, if he was maybe having a bit of mistakes and stuff, but where you could see Effie leading him through a game. Um, and and I hopeful, hope, I'm really hopeful if he can get a full season, um, we'll see the best of Porteous because, you know, the first season um, was uh, ended early because of injury and then the second one again. Um, so, you know, the first one was in sort of the January he went out and then I think it was like the, the, the end of January he went out and we were sort of saying, right, well, if that's him out for three or four months, are we going to get a replacement in? And we never did. We sort of Jackson came back into the team. So, I mean, like I said, hopefully he can stay fit um, and calm down his disciplinary record. But yeah, I think there's an opportunity for him to really sort of kick on and be the main man this season in the back in the defence. How are you feeling about the squad overall? Because I think while a lot of people would say that Hibs have made good additions, there's maybe they're lacking that little bit of squad depth. Think about some of the midfielders who left: Omionga, Doherty, Slivka, Lebo gone. Um, is this sort of uh, we still have still need a few more additions to sort of really bolster that squad? Yeah, I mean uh, it depends on how Jack Ross wants to play against in terms of formation. Because um, I mean, if you if he is sort of going with a back five again, um, Jackson, Hanlon, and Porteous probably all right in terms of sort of. But then I guess who's behind them? Um, you've got McGregor who's sort of you know got his injury issues and then other than that, and I guess McGinn could potentially play there, play there. But you're starting to struggle after that, and so I guess in terms of depth you're kind of wearing there and then you look at the midfield um, I mean Newell, to me Newell had his best games in, in central midfield um, a couple of games he played it uh, wide and obviously left wing back but his best games came in the middle so he, Newell's an option in the middle um, Halberg who we've got, spoke about, Gogic obviously and then you've got Malin and Allen who can to me should be competing for that number 10 position um, or if we were to play one up top I'd like to see Allen played in the, uh, Malin played on the left wing and cutting in onto that right foot um, but so I mean I think there's maybe a few options there um, depending on what formation want want to go it's just whether the young laddies are, are kind of you know good enough to be the, the, the sort of the backups for the, like, say, the squad depth because I know we've got Fraser Murray who's been around forever and, and needs this is his, to me this is his last chance he needs to prove it this season uh, Josh Campbell who done really well in the, the League Cup games and then got shipped out on loan so whether he could be um, stick around and sort of show a bit of competition um, in terms of the places in the team. Um, and then um, and you've got, like I said, Ennis Murray and stuff who we've not really seen much of, uh, who's always sort of been about and out on loans. And um, But he, like I say, he's 21, 22 now or something. So a lot of these players need to sort of prove, right, they're going to take their place in the team. Um, in terms of, like I say, depth at a goalkeeper, I'd like to see Dabrowski be the number two, potentially play the cup games and uh, sort of, you know, potentially push Marciano rather than bringing in another goalkeeper. Um, obviously, we had Bogdan last year. It was a great number two to have. But to me, I'd like to see Dabrowski stick around as a number two. So potentially, yeah, we do need a couple more. But if not, it's maybe without fans there, this is maybe the, the perfect season for a couple of the young laddies like Campbell, um, Gullen and, and Murray and things like that to sort of step on and, and prove without that pressure coming from the stands as well. What do you feel like the aim is for Hibs this season? Because obviously... Um, they slipped out of the top six last year on the points per game basis after the curtailing of the season. Do you feel like top six would be good enough or do you think that there's maybe a little bit of a push for, for Europe considering the profile of the players they've brought in? Um, don't get me wrong, if we were to finish um, fourth this season, I'd be happy. Um, but if I'm honest, I'm, I'm really ambitious. Like Hibs, a club like Hibs should be finishing third every year. Um, unless Aberdeen go out and sign like four or five players, I think They've only sort of signed Johnny Hayes, who, yes, is a great addition, but that's it. So, to me, we should be finishing third. I think we've got the, the squad good enough, we've got the manager good enough. 
yes, we could do a bit more depth like we just sort of discussed there. But no, nah, I think um, there's really an opportunity to kick on and I think a club like Hibs should be finishing third, um, if not fourth. Um, don't get me wrong, obviously Motherwell have strengthened well and done well last season to finish third. But um, I think I think that's, that should be the, the fourth should be the minimum aim and I think we should be disappointed if we finish fifth. Um, a club like Hibs um, should really sort of be looking to kick on. Is that your prediction? And we've been asking other guests for their prediction for their club. So I have to ask you, where do you think Hibs will finish in the league this year? Where do I think or where do I hope? <laughs> where do you, where do you I'll, think? I'll go, We're asking you to put your neck on the line. I'll, I'm going to go for it third. Especially if we can keep Boyle. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, we've got an... I'll, yeah, there's... It would rely on a lot of the young laddies uh, um, either stepping up and... Um, proving that they're 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 good enough, or potentially sort of recruiting if 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 they're not, um, either now or in January. But yeah, I think I think we have to aim for third. We've got strikers that score goals. We've got an enforcer that can help protect the defence. Porches, who's a year older and hopefully going to see it stay fit. Um, hopefully options and Doy get left back instead of Stevenson. Um, I say I'm, I'm still a bit unsure on right back in terms of like say. Um, whether McGinn offers enough going forward. I think if we had Naismith, if we'd re-sign Jason Naismith, I'd feel a lot more comfortable in terms of defence. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's, you know, why not? There's, you know, no disrespect to the, the business Motherwell have done or the lack of business of Aberdeen have done. I know they've got a good squad and a good manager and they're always going to be around there. But no, I think with the, the best business we've done, the manager we've got, we have to be aiming for third. Gav, thanks very much for coming on. Before I let you go, would you like to let people know where they can find the Hipstop podcast, so people can get all the Easter Road news. So yeah, um, just sort of search um, uh, Hipstop on you know um, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. It's on YouTube as well, um, and the social medias is just at HFC Talk, um, and we're on you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, any Hibs fans, if you if you know, sort of checked out yet, um, you know, check check us out, and uh, yeah, um, we just fun enough to talk about Hibs and talk nonsense. So yeah. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for coming on and thank you for listening. We'll be bringing you more Scottish Premiership Season Preview podcast as the week goes on. So subscribe so they appear straight in your podcast feed. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ENRG Sport or find us online at energysport.net. Thanks again for listening and we hope to see you again soon. Cheers. <laughs>